إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد سنابل عن التنف حديث عن ابي هريره رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ان ابو هريره رضي الله عنه said that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said ايها الناس ان الله طيب لا يقبل الا طيبا وان الله امر المؤمنين بما امر به المرسلين فقال يا ايها الرسل كلوا من الطيبات واعملوا صالحا إني بما تعملون عليم وقال يا أيها الذين آمنوا كلوا من طيبات ما رزقناكم ثم ذكر الرجل يطيل السفر أشعف أغبر يمد يديه إلى السماء يا ربي يا ربي ومطعمه حرام ومشربه حرام وملبسه حرام وغذي بالحرام فأنا يستجاب لذلك رواه مسلم the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that, O oh people, indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is tayyib. La yaqbalu illa tayyiba. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept, accept the good. Allah only accepts the good. And that is for the characteristic that is mentioned of Allah here, that Allah is tayyib. And therefore Allah only accepts the tayyib. وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ أَمَرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And indeed Allah commanded the believers with that which He commanded the messengers. He commanded the believers with that which He commanded the messengers, with two. So He said in Surah Al-Mu'minun, O messengers, eat from the tayyibat, from those good and lawful things. وَاعْمَلُوا صَالِحًا And do the righteous deeds. إِنِّي بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ عَلِيمٌ Indeed I am aware of what you do. <coughs> Similarly in Surah Al-Baqarah, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O oh you who believe, كُلُوا مِنْ طَيِّبَاتِ مَا رَزَقَنَاكُمْ Eat from the good and lawful things that we have provided you with. Eat from the good and lawful things that we have provided you with. ثُمَّ ذَكَرَ الرَّجُلَ Then the Prophet ﷺ mentioned a man, يُطِيلُ الصَّفَرَ That is upon a lengthy journey, أَشْعَثَ أَغْبَرَ That he is disheveled. Disheveled that his hair and his state, it looks in a way where he hasn't looked after himself for a while, due to this length of the journey, the hair is out of place and there is dust on his clothes. يَمُدُّ يَدَيْهِ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ He raises his hands to the sky. يَا رَبِّ يَا رَبِّ He calls upon his Lord. However, مَطْعَمُهُ حَرَام His food, his intake, it is haram, impermissible. وَمَشْرَبُهُ حَرَام And the drink he takes is impermissible. وَمَلْبَسُهُ حَرَام And his clothing, it is also haram. 
وَغُذِّيَ بِالْحَرَامِ And his, the nutrition, it is also haram. So who or how will Allah answer to the dua of that? And this is from Sahih Muslim. The explanation of all of those will come now. Al-Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafizahullah says, The beginning of the hadith, إِنَّ اللَّهَ طَيِّبٌ لَا يَقْبَلُ إِلَّا طَيِّبًا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is طَيِّب Meaning that He is removed from any type of deficiency. All types of deficiencies, all types of uh, deficiencies or errors, or criticisms, anything that is considered to be dispraiseworthy, then all of those types of deficiencies, Allah is far removed from them. That's the meaning of tayyib. That Allah is free of any imperfection, free of any deficiency. That is tayyib. في هذا الحديث وصف الله جل وعلا أو وصف الله جل وعلا بأنه طيب. In this hadith, Allah is described as being طيب. فهو سبحانه وتعالى طيب. So Allah is طيب. بمعنى meaning أنه منزه عن النقائس والعيوب. That Allah is far removed or above any deficiencies or any types of shortcomings. Allah is above all of that and superior to all of that. And there is no deficiency associated to Allah. فَهُوَ طَيِّبٌ فِي ذَاتِهِ So Allah is طَيِّب in of His essence. Allah in His essence is طَيِّب, removed from any deficiency. There is no deficiency associated to Allah. وَفِي أَسْمَائِهِ وَصِفَاتِهِ Similarly in His names and attributes. وَفِي أَوَامِرِهِ وَنَوَاهِيهِ And in His commanding and prohibiting the laws that Allah gives, those things that are commanded with, and those things that are prohibited from, then all of that is from the wisdom of Allah. And there is no deficiency in the rulings and the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَهُوَ طَيِّبٌ مِنْ كُلِّ الْوُجُوهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى So Allah is طَيِّب, i.e. above and removed, from any type of deficiency, no type of deficiency is associated to Allah in any angle, any aspect. لا يتطرق إليه نقصن. It is not possible for any deficiency to even, for you to even imagine or for it to even come close to being associated to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلِذَلِكَ لَا يَقْبَلُ مِنَ الْأَعْمَالِ وَالْأَقْوَالِ وَالْمَقَاصِدِ إِلَّا مَا كَانَ طَيِّبًا and as a consequence, as a consequence of that, then Allah does not accept, accept that which is also tayyib. Allah only accepts the good and upright statements and actions and intentions. Allah only accepts that which is good and upright also. فَلَا يَقْبَلُ الْخَبِيثَ مِنَ الْأَقْوَالِ وَالْأَعْمَالِ وَالْمَقَاصِدِ So Allah does not accept the evil or disgusting or degrading Actions and statements and intentions. فَلَا يَقْبَلُ إِلَّا الطَّيِّبِ So Allah does not accept, accept that which is good and upright. كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَى Just as Allah mentioned, إِلَيْهِ يَسْعَدُ الْكَلِمُ الطَّيِّبِ 
to Allah ascends the good and upright speech. فَهُوَ لَا يَقْبَلُ إِلَّا الْكَلَامَ الطَّيِّبُ وَالْعَمَلَ الطَّيِّبُ So therefore, Allah does not accept other than the good and upright speech and actions. وَلَا يَقْبَلُ مِنَ الصَّدَقَاتِ إِلَّا مَا كَانَ مِنْ كَسْبٍ طَيِّبٍ And Allah does not accept from charity except from the good and lawful wealth. Allah only accepts the charity from the good and lawful wealth. أَمَّا الْخَبِيثِ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَقْبَلُهُ سَوَاءً كَانَ خَبِيثًا بِمَعْنَى الرَّدِيءِ Then as for something which is khabith, then Allah does not accept that. Whether the meaning of khabith is something which is lowly, something which is low and degraded, then Allah doesn't accept that type of affair. أَوْ كَانَ خَبِيثًا فِي ذَاتِهِ or if something is low and degraded in terms of its essence, the action isn't upright and proper and sincere, it's low and degraded and incorrect, then this is not accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The shaykh gives examples. Khabithan fi maksabihi similarly. Something where there is khabith in his income. There is something which is khabith in terms of his income. So you have interest, or you have bribery, or you have gambling. Those types of affairs, that type of wealth, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept that. فالخبيث, so the khabith can either be something in of its own essence, it is khabith. The actual item is khabith. For example, an animal that is dead and hasn't been slaughtered. An animal that is dead but was not slaughtered. Then that is now a meta, a corpse. Haram to eat. That is now considered khabith in a way. It is not slaughtered properly Islamically, you can't eat it. Or it could be khabith in terms of the income. So interest and uh, uh, bribery uh, and those types of gambling and these affairs. So... The Shaykh says, مَهْمَا تَصَدَّقَ الْإِنسَانُ مِنْ كَسْبٍ خَبِيثٍ No matter how much a person gives in charity and spends from unlawful khabith income, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَقْبَلُهُ Then Allah will not accept that. وَكَذَلِكَ لَا يَقْبَلُ الْعَمَلَ إِلَّا إِذَا كَانَ طَيِّبًا And Allah will not accept the actions except if they are proper and upright. بِمَعْنَى أَنْ يَكُونَ خَالِصًا What does it mean that they are proper and upright? That they are tayyib? That they are done sincerely for the sake of Allah. خَالِصًا لِوَجْهِ اللَّهِ لَيْسَ فِيهِ شِرْكُ وَلَا رِيَاءٍ That there is no shirk within those actions. There is no showing off within those actions. وَيَكُونُ سَوَابًا عَلَى سُنَّةِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ And that they are good and correct and accurate in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. And this we mentioned in a previous narration. And now this is backed up again by this narration. That Allah does not accept the actions unless they are tayyib. Unless they are good and proper and upright. How is an action tayyib? Good and proper and upright. When it has sincerity in it to Allah. And it is being done upon the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Not that there is any innovation in it. Wala khurafa or other deviances. وَإِنَّمَا هُوَ عَلَى وَفْقِ السُنَّةِ Rather your actions are in accordance to the sunnah. فَهَذَا هُوَ الْعَمَلُ الطَّيِّبَ الَّذِي يَتَقَبَّلُهُ اللَّهِ 
then that is the action that is tayyib, sincere and upon the sunnah that Allah will accept. Also from the tayyib, the proper and sincere and upright statements are the remembrance of Allah. The remembrance of Allah, dhikrullah, for example, at-tasbih, wa-tahleel, wa-takbir, the supplications to Allah, the remembrance of Allah, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah, this type of remembrance and supplication, that is tayyib. وَكَذَلِكَ طَيِّبُ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَالنَّهِ عَلْمُنْكَرِ Also, from the affairs of enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, also from the tayyib, وَالدَّعْوَةُ إِلَى اللَّهِ And calling to Allah, giving the da'wah, that is also tayyib. وَالنَّصِيحَةُ And advising, which we mentioned now just recently in a hadith, الدِّينُ النَّصِيحَةُ Advising and counsel, sincerely for the sake of Allah, then that is also tayyib. كُلُّ هَذَا مِنَ الْكَلِمِ الطَّيِّبِ All of this is from the upright and proper and good speech. الَّذِي يَتَقَبَّلُهُ اللَّهُ وَيَرْفَعُهُ That which Allah accepts and it raises up to Him. أَمَّا الْقَوْلُ الْخَبِيثِ As for the خَبِيثِ statements. Those statements that are considered خَبِيثِ They are not upright upon the sunnah. They are not upon sincerity. They are evil. Then those types of affairs, يَرُدُّهُ وَيَبْغَضُهُ Allah rejects that خَبِيثِ statement or statements and speech and rejects it and hates it. مِنَ الْكَذِبَ Whether it be lying, والغيبة, backbiting, and namima, spreading tales and stories and slander, وَالشَّتْم, abuse, وَقَوْلِ الزُّورِ False statements and testimonies. وَشَهَادَةِ الزُّورِ The false testimony. وَجَمِيعِ الْأَقْوَالِ الْخَبِيثَ And all of the false and inaccurate and خَبِيثِ statements. وَالشِّرْكِ وَالْكُفَرِ كُلُّهَا أَقْوَالٌ خَبِيثَ لَا تَرْتَفْعُ إِلَى اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَلَا تُقْبَلْ All of those are the evil and corrupt types of speech that do not raise up to Allah and they are not accepted. So when the Prophet ﷺ said, لَا يَقْبَلُ إِلَّا طَيِّبًا That Allah does not accept the actions unless they are طيب in accordance to the sunnah and upon sincerity. الطيب من كل شيء يخرج بذلك ما كان خبيثا So the طيب in terms of your statements and your actions, your intentions, all of the طيب, the good and upright and sincere upon the sunnah affairs, they are accepted. And the خبيث, which is in opposition to that, then that is not accepted by Allah. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَإِنَّ اللَّهَ أَمَرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ بِمَا أَمَرَ بِهِ الْمُرْسَلِينَ And Allah commanded the believers with that which He commanded the messengers. فَدَلَّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْمُرْسَلِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنِينَ مَأْمُرُونَ وَمَنْهِيُّونَ لَا أَنَّهُمْ يَفْعَلُونَ أَوْ يَقُولُونَ شَيْئًا مِنْ تِلْقَاءِ أَنفُسِهِمْ أَوْ مِنْ مُسْتَحْسَنَاتِ عُقُولِهِمْ وَإِنَّمَا يَفْعَلُونَ مَا يُؤْمَرُونَ This therefore indicates the shaykh says that the messengers and the believers, they have been given commandments from Allah and prohibitions from Allah that they must abide by. Not that they can do whatever they please, they can do whatever their own soul or their own intellect tells them is good and proper. Rather they do, they behave in the manner that abides by the revelations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon them.
That is why Allah said in the Quran, in Surah Al-Hashr, وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهُ And that which the Messenger gives you, then take it, and that which he prohibits you from, then refrain from it. Finish that and stop it. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهُ And have the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fearing Allah, the piety, fulfilling the commandments, and staying away from the prohibitions. فَهُمْ مَأْمُورُونَ وَمَنْهِيُّونَ مِنْ قِبَلِ اللَّهِ جَلَّ وَعَلَىٰ Therefore they have been commanded, the messengers and the believers, they've been commanded by Allah. لِأَنَّهُمْ كُلَّهُمْ عِبَادُهُ Because all of them are the servants of Allah. All of them are the servants of Allah. فَلَا يَسْبِقُونَهُ بِالْقَوْلَ So they cannot proceed Allah with their own statements. وَلَا يَتَقَدَّمُونَ بَيْنَ يَدِئِ اللَّهِ وَيَرَسُولِهِ بِقَوْلٍ وَبِفْعَلٍ And they do not proceed or go ahead of the Messenger of Allah in terms of statements or actions. وَإِنَّمَا يَتَّبِعُونَ الْأَوَامِرَ فَلَا يَفْعَلُونَ إِلَّا مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ Rather they follow the commandments. And so they do not do other than what Allah has commanded them. وَلَا يَتْرُكُونَ إِلَّا مَا نَهَى اللَّهُ عَنْهُ And they do not leave and abandon except that which Allah has commanded them to leave and abandon. لأنهم عباد because they are the servants of Allah والرسل عباد and the messengers are also servants والملائكة عباد and the angels are also servants ولو كانوا بمنزلة عظيمة وجلالة قدر لكنهم عباد يتبعون أوامر الله سبحانه وتعالى and even if it is true that the messengers and the angels they are of a great rank and status They have a great rank and status and position. But still, they are the servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this indicates to you the falsehood of the religion of the mushrikeen, whereby they used to make intercession via the angels and via the prophets and messengers. Even the angels and the prophets and messengers are the servants of Allah. قال, then the Prophet ﷺ said, أَمَرَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ بِمَا أَمَرَ بِهِ الْمُرْسَلِينَ Allah commanded the believers with that which He commanded the messengers. ثُمَّ ذَكَرَ الشَّاهِدَ وَالدَّلِيلَ عَلَى ذَلِكَ فَاللَّهُ أَمَرَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ بِقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى Then the evidence was mentioned for this, that Allah commanded the messengers and the believers with the same thing. The messengers in the ayah, يَا أَيُّهَا الرُّسُلُ O messengers, كُلُوا مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ Eat from the lawful and good and proper things that we have provided, or without the provided, مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ That which is good and lawful. وَعَمَلُوا صَالِحَا And do the righteous actions. Then, in that statement, كُلُوا مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ Eat from the lawful affairs, i.e. from the halal. Because the tayyib huwa al-halal, that is which is halal. And the khabith, that is which is haram. Wallahu amara bil akli min al-tayyibat. And Allah commanded us to eat from the halal, the tayyib, the proper and good and upright. Halal food. The mubahat. And he prohibited us from eating from the khabith, that which is not permissible, that which is haram. And then Allah said, وَعْمَلُوا صَالِحًا And do the righteous actions. فَأَكْلُوا الْحَلَالِ يُعِينُ عَلَى الْعَمَلِ الصَّالِحِ So eating from the rightful and halal affairs, it aids you in your worship to Allah. 
That's what the narration indicates now in this way. Eating from the lawful, or rather the ayah, eating from the lawful affairs, then it aids you in the obedience to Allah. وَيَجْعَلُ الْعَمَلَ صَالِحَ مُتَقَبَّلًا And it makes that righteous action also acceptable. وَأَمَّا أَكْلُ الْحَرَامِ فَإِنَّهُ يُثَبِّطُ وَيُكَسِّلُ عَنِ الْعَمَلِ صَالِحِ وَيُخَذِّلُ الْإِنسَانِ As for eating from the khabith and the haram, then that causes weakness and laziness in an individual. That his sustenance is haram in the first place. وَلِذَلِكَ تَجِدُ الَّذِينَ يَأْكُلُونَ الْحَرَامِ وَيَكْتَسِبُونَ الْحَرَامِ مِنْ عَبْعِدِ النَّاسِ عَنْ طَعَاتِ وَعَنِ الْعِبَادَاتِ The shaykh says that's why you will find that those people who eat from the haram, their income is from the haram, those types of people, they are the furthest from the worship of Allah and from the obedience to Allah. And they are أَكْسَلِ النَّاسِ عَنِ الصَّلَوَاتِ From the laziest of the people when it comes to the prayers. لِأَنَّ الْحَرَامِ ثَقُلَ فِي بُطُونِهِمْ وَقُلُوبِهِمْ Because this haram, it makes their hearts heavy and their stomachs heavy. فَكَسَّلَهُمْ عَنِ الطَّاعَةِ So it makes them lazy from being able to do the obedience. بِخِلَافِ الَّذِي يَتَغَذَّى بِالْحَلَالِ In opposition, this is different to somebody who eats from the halal. وَيَتَحَرَّ الْحَلَالِ And he makes sure he tries to eat only from the halal and to find the halal. فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ يُعِينُهُ عَلَى طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ Then that aids him upon the obedience of Allah. وَيُلِينُ قَلْبَهُ وَيُرَقِّقُهُ And that causes his heart to become softened. His heart becomes softened and lightened to the worship and obedience of Allah. قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى Then Allah's statement, إِنِّي بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ عَلِيمًا Indeed, I am aware of that which you do. In this is a warning to the people. فِي هَذَا تَحْذِيرٌ لِلْإِنسَانِ أَنْ يُخِلَّ بِعَمَلِهِ أَوْ يَتَظَاهَرَ بِالْعَمَلِ وَالْإِخْلَاصِ وَبَاطِنُهُ بِخِلَافِ ذَلِكِ In this ayah when Allah says, I am aware of what you do. Allah is aware of what we do. It is a warning for the person to be aware not to cause deficiencies in his actions. Not to be deficient in his actions and his obedience and his worship. Not to pretend to be upon righteousness and sincerity. And in reality in his heart he does not care and he is in opposition to that. فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَ عَلِيمٌ Because indeed Allah is all aware, all knowledgeable. بِمَا هُوَ عَلَيْهِ Regarding what a person is upon. لَا يُرَوَّجُ عَلَيْهِ الْبَهْرَجُ وَالْكَذِبُ وَلَا يَنْطَلِ عَلَيْهِ الظَّاهِرُ مَا خُبْثِ الْبَاطِنُ وَإِنَّمَا هَذَا فِي حَقِّ النَّاسِ الَّذِينَ لَا يَعْلَمُونَ إِلَّا ظَاهِرُ أَمَّا الْبَاطِنُ فَلَا يَعْلَمُهُ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Nothing will be able to cover that reality from Allah. That reality will not be concealed from Allah of an individual. What that individual is upon and what his way is. If an individual is upon pretense of worship and sincerity, and inside he is not, then that is not concealed to Allah. That is known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Allah said, إِنِّي بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ عَلِيمٌ I am aware and knowledgeable of what you do. يَتَضَمَّنُ شَيْئِنْ This includes two meanings in it. الأول أن الإنسان لا يخشى أن يضيع له شيء من العمل Firstly, that a person should not ever fear that any of his actions will be lost. Allah is aware of what everyone does. 
So every act of goodness and righteousness and piety that you do sincerely for the sake of Allah, then that will not be lost. It is known to Allah and in the knowledge of Allah, recorded, preserved. So every individual will have that. And it will not be lost or forgotten any good deed that it does. وَلَا أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَنْسَاهُ يَتْرُكُ And Allah does not forget that or abandon that. فَجَمِيعُ الْحَسَنَاتِ وَصَيِّئَاتِ يَعْلَمُهَا اللَّهِ وَيَحْسِيهَا وَيَكْتُبُهَا لِصَاحِبِهَا So all of the deeds of an individual, the good and the bad, they are all recorded and enumerated. Secondly, we also understand from this statement that Allah is all aware of everything we do. أَنَّ اللَّهَ جَلَّ وَعَلَى لَا يَنْخَدِعُ بِالظَّوَاهِرِ الْبَاطِلَ وَالزُّخْرُفِ وَالتَّزْوِيرِ وَإِنَّمَا يَعْلَمُ الْحَقَائِقَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى That Allah is not deceived by the apparent nature of what somebody is doing. Allah is aware of what is in the hearts of the people. Allah is aware of all of the affairs. وَقَالَ تَعَالَى فِي حَقِّ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ So then after Allah mentioned this regarding the messengers, eat from the lawful and permissible foods. Then Allah mentioned regarding the believers. يَا أَيُّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَوْ يُهُ بَلِيبُ كُلُوا مِنْ طَيِّبَاتِ Eat from the lawful مَا رَزَقْنَاكُمْ The lawful of what we have provided for you. Eat from the lawful food that we have provided for you. هَذَا أَمْرٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ This is a command from Allah. بِالْأَكْلِ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ To eat from the lawful affairs. الطَّيِّب فِي ذَاتِهِ وَالطَّيِّبُ فِي مَكْسَبِهِ وَالْحُسُولِ عَلَيْهِ The affair that is good and righteous in of itself, and also in terms of your income and what you gain, the things which you get, all of those have to be from the halal. فَقَوْلُهُ So the statement of Allah, كُلُوا eat. This is a command form commanding us to eat from the halal. And that is why Allah said, وَيُحِلُّ لَهُمُ الطَّيِّبَاتِ وَيُحَرِّمُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْخَبَائِثِ That He makes permissible for them the lawful affairs, the lawful foods, and makes haram upon them the khabith, those which are in opposition to that. فَهَذَا فِيهِ الرَّدُّ عَلَى الَّذِينَ يُحَرِّمُونَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ بِزَعْمِهِمْ أَنَّ هَذَا مِنَ الْعِبَادَ وَيَظُنُّونَ أَنَّ فِي تَرْكِهَا أَجْرَى كَالسُّوفِيَّ وَالْمُتَزَهِّدَةِ وَهَذَا مِنَ التَّكَلُّفِ لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ أَمَرَ بِالْأَكْلِ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ وَالْمُسْتَلَذَّاتِ وَالطَّيِّبُ يَشْمِلُ الطَّيِّبُ الَّذِي هُوَ غَيْرُ خَبِيثٍ وَيَشْمِلُ الطَّيِّبُ الَّذِي هُوَ الْمُسْتَلَذُّ مِنَ الْحُومِ وَالْفَوَاكِهِ The Shaykh says this is therefore a refutation upon those people like some of the Sufis who go to an extreme and make haram upon themselves that which is actually halal. Foods which Allah has made halal upon us, various types of fruits and various types of vegetables and various types of other things. All of these fruits and some of them they taste nice and people they like those foods. But maybe some of the people they go to an extreme and they say, no, we want to be so humble in our worship that we're not going to eat these certain types of fruits and we're not going to eat these certain types of other foods. They have now gone beyond what Allah has prescribed. Allah has made these foods halal for you. So eat the halal foods. As for going into that level of saying, we're not going to eat this or we're not going to eat that. And this indicates our high level of humbleness and modesty in front of Allah. And this is beyond that which Allah has prescribed. So the halal, it encompasses all of the halal. Those fruits and vegetables and affairs that are beloved to the people and they taste nice, it is halal to eat them. 
halal to eat these. وَيَشْمَلُ طَيِّبَ الَّذِي هُوَ الْمُسْتَلَذُّ مِنَ الْحُومِ وَالْفَوَاكِهِ Whether it is from meat, meat or fruits, then it's permissible and halal to eat. That's why it is incorrect for somebody to say that I'm not going to eat this type of fruit. I'm not going to eat certain types of meat. I'm going to leave all of those as ibadah, as worship to Allah. That is incorrect. وَأَنْوَاعُ الْمُتَعَةِ الطَّيِّبَ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ وَالْمَلَذَّاتِ الْمُبَاحَةِ فَالْإِنسَانُ يَتَنَاوَلُ مِنْهَا وَلَا يَحْرُمُ نَفْسَهُ وَلَكِمْ لِغَيْرِ إِسْرَافِ So from the other affairs that Allah has made permissible in terms of the men and the women and the relations between them in marriage, and those types of affairs uh, where it is permissible, then that is all from the delights or from the uh, affairs that cause pleasure in terms of the nice types of food and other actions that are mentioned, that it's permissible for a person to engage in. They are from the halal. These are all affairs of the halal. And so a person is able to engage in them. And it is not correct for a person to make haram upon himself these affairs that Allah has made halal upon us. That does not mean the shaykh says that a person goes into wastage. That doesn't mean you go into excessiveness into that affair which may be halal. Going into excessiveness and wastage. That is not recommended. But to go to the extreme and say, I'm not even going to eat this or get engaged in that. Or have the intercourse in marriage, etc. These affairs is extremism. These are from the halal that Allah has made for us. And it is permissible for an individual and correct for him to take from that. So then Allah said after that, اِعْمَلُوا صَالِحَا Do the righteous actions. He said this to the believers, just like Allah said this to, in the other ayah to the messengers. حَيْثُ أَمَرَهُمْ بِأَمَرَيْنَ So Allah commanded them with two affairs. To eat from the halal and then to do the righteous actions. لِأَنَّ أَكْلَ طَيِّبَاتِ يُعِينُ عَلَى طَاعَةِ اللَّهِ Because eating from the lawful, it aids you upon the obedience of Allah. Aids you upon the righteous actions. ثُمَّ إِنَّ النَّبِي سَلَّمْ ضَرَبَ مَثَلًا لِلَّذِي يَأْكُلُ الْحَرَامِ Then the Prophet ﷺ gave an example of somebody who eats from the haram. Gave an example of somebody who eats from the haram. And then he makes dua to Allah. فِي حَالَةٍ In a state where he's disheveled. وَفِي حَالَةٍ تَقْتَضِي إِجَابَةَ دَعْوَتِهِ in a state where typically you would expect the dua to be answered. In a state where it would be that the dua is answered. فَعِنْدَهُ أَسْبَابٌ لِقَبُولِ الدُّعَى So this individual when he's in that state of dishevelledness, his hair is everywhere and there is dust everywhere, he's in that state and he raises his hands in that state, that is a state where the dua would be accepted. It is a state where you raise your hands and you find yourself in this way. That is a state where your dua would be accepted. However, even though this individual in this example is in that state, he's traveling and he's disheveled and his hair and the dust and everything, you would expect his dua to be answered. However, there is something which prevents his dua from being answered. So it is mentioned, يَمُدُّ يَدَيْهِ He raises his hands. Because raising the hands... It is from the affairs that allows for the dua to be answered. It is from the causes of the dua to be answered. That an individual raises his hands in dua. So he raised his hands towards the sky. Why towards the sky? 
Because this indicates to you the ulu of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That Allah is the most high, Allah is above. And this is the aqeedah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam And the sahaba, the salaf, ahlu sunnah wal jama'ah. That Allah is above, separate from creation and distinct from creation. Allah is above the throne, separate and distinct from creation. Not like the people say mistakenly. They are mistaken and they don't understand. They say Allah is everywhere. Allah, He knows everything and He sees everything and He hears everything. Yes, but that does not mean Allah Himself is everywhere. Allah says about Himself, That Allah then went above or was established above the throne. So Allah is above the Most High, separate and distinct from this creation. Not like those people, Wahdatul Wujud, they talk about. Uh, when they talk about that Allah and the creation, they are all intermingled. Allah and the creation, they all mixed in. The creation and Allah, everything mixed in together. That's incorrect. Allah is separate and distinct from this creation. Allah is not like this creation or resembling this creation. So this man, he raised his hands up to the sky, making dua to Allah, being above. So this indicates that it is legislated to raise your hands when you make dua. وَالْأَصْلُ فِي الدُّعَاءِ رَفْعُ الْيَدَيْنِ إِلَّا مَا دَلَّ الدَّلِيلِ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ لَا تُرْفَعَ فِي الْأَيْدِي So the origin, the basis of making dua is to raise the hands, unless there is some evidence for a particular situation where you don't raise the hands. Secondly, he then says, يَا رَبِّي يَا رَبِّي He then calls upon Allah, يَا رَبِّي يَا رَبِّي And this again indicates the rububiyyah of Allah. My Lord, Indicating that he knows and he understands the rububiyyah of Allah, that Allah is the one who controls the affairs and the creator, etc. Ya Rabbi, Ya Rabbi. And that again indicates that it is legislated for a person to call upon Allah via the names of Allah, the names and attributes of Allah when making dua. It is legislated for a person to call upon Allah via the names. وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى فَدْعُوهُ بِهَا and Allah has the most beautiful and perfect of names, so call upon Him with them. The scholars, they say in your dua, for example, call upon Allah with His names when you're making your dua. Then, Ash'atha Aghbara, He is disheveled and He has dust upon Him. He's in a state of modesty. In a state of modesty, Dust everywhere, his hair, etc. Everything, his clothes, all disheveled. Not in a state of arrogance and pride. He's not in a state of arrogance and pride. He's in a state of being modest and disheveled. That was the state. So you would expect this is a state where it's likely the dua will be answered. As opposed to somebody who's arrogant and proud, where the dua may not be answered. To here again, it was another reason why the dua should have been answered. However, or rather not should have been answered, but... Another state where the dua, it is the reason for it to be answered was there. Then it says though, However, his food, it was haram. And his drink, it was haram. And his clothes, they were haram. And his intake was haram. Then how would this individual expect his dua to be answered? From where? It is unlikely that this individual's dua will be answered because of all of these preventions. 
all of these haram acts that he was engaging in. فَالدُّعَاءُ لَا يُقْبَلُ إِلَّا إِذَا تَوَفَّرَتْ أَسْبَابُ قَبُولِهِ So the dua is not accepted unless the reasons for the acceptance are present. وَانْتَفَتْ مَوَانِعُ الْقَبُولِ And the reasons that prevent the dua from being accepted are removed. You get rid of anything that would stop your dua from being accepted. فَهَذَا دَلِيلٌ عَلَى تَحْذِيرِ مِنَ الْحَرَامِ So this is an evidence to indicate to you the impermissibility of the haram and taking the haram and eating the haram. وَالْإِنسَانُ الَّذِي يَدْعُوا اللَّهَ يَفْعَلُوا أَسْبَابَ الْإِجَابَةِ So a person who wants to make dua, he calls upon Allah and he carries out what is required from him for the dua to be answered. You stop doing the haram and engaging in haram activities if you want your dua to be answered. You engage and you do the rightful and obedience the obedient actions to Allah, the worship to Allah, if you want your dua to be answered. Not that a person continues upon all types of sins and haram and illegal activities and then he expects the dua to be answered straight away. Rather you do what is required, do the obedience and the worship and stay away from those types of haram things that would prevent your dua from being answered. فَلَيْسَ الْمَقْسُودُ أَنَّكَ تَدْعُوا فَقَطْ So the point isn't that you just make dua. بَلْ لَا بُدَّ مَعَ الدُّعَاءَ أَنْ تَعْمَلَ أَسْبَابَ الْإِجَابَةِ Rather when you make the dua alongside that, you must do the actions, those affairs that will aid or will be reasons or causes for the dua to be answered. وَتَتَجَنَّبَ أَسْبَابَ الْحِرْمَانِ And you stay away from those actions that would prevent your dua from being answered. That's what's required alongside making the dua. It is not just that a person carries on in haram and all types of illegal affairs and then makes dua and thinks straight away his dua will be answered. You do what is required and needed to be upon the halal and to stay away from the haram in order that you allow the opportunity for your dua to then be answered. So this is the hadith with that advice regarding how an individual should restrict himself to the halal and refrain and stay away from all types of haram and that is the advice mentioned in the narration that was given, or Allah mentioned this to the messengers as well as to the believers. And this example is given at the end of a person who did not do that. He did not restrict himself just to the halal. He went into the haram. And as a consequence, it says, where is his dua going to be answered from then? How is his dua going to be answered with so many preventative factors? So that is something we should be aware of and try to practice. And we'll conclude upon that point. Just to remind you, tomorrow is the day of Arafah. So everybody should try and make an effort to fast tomorrow. As the Prophet said, The day of Arafah, if you fast it, it removes your minor sins from the last year and the upcoming year. Meaning the scholars say, even if you make sins in the upcoming year, one of the explanations that you will be given the tawfiq from Allah to repent from those sins. So that they are wiped out for the last year and the upcoming year. So there's a great reward in fasting Arafah. So every individual should attempt to make that fast tomorrow. And then after that is the day of Eid on Tuesday inshaAllah ta'ala.